Today, uh, we are in week three of a thankful life, and we really believe that a thankful life can change our life. And so uh, the scripture that we're in today is 2 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, and then we're going to be in Luke chapter 17 real briefly at the end, but 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, if not, we're going to put it on the screens for you as well, and then we're going to jump right in. But I want to pray for us, ask God to speak to our hearts here uh, this morning, then we're going to jump right in. Um, if you were with us the last couple of weeks, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to those messages because they kind of help build off of each other. And as we think about thankfulness, how can we be thankful in all circumstances? So, uh, but let's pray together and just ask God to speak to our hearts here this morning. God, thank you so much for your word, your truth, your power. Uh, thank you for each and every person that's in this room here today, God. We are so thankful for you and for your goodness. God, I pray that I will decrease so that you may increase. I pray that um, if somebody walked in this place and they're just carrying a heavy load, God, that you would just allow them to take that off and help them to place that at your feet, that you would open our hearts, open our minds for what you would have for us here today. Uh, we love you. We ask all this in Jesus name we pray. And everybody said. Amen. Amen. We wrapped up Thanksgiving. Uh, I have to come back and give a report to you. I did, in fact, fill my plate up like I talked about last week. Uh, I'll just let all those foods mix together. That's how you really eat it. And you take the gravy and you pour it on top. Right. Amen. No. OK. Uh, all my OCD people are like negative. That's never going to happen. Uh, we'll see today that we'll be able to fill our plate up again. But as we talked about thankfulness over the last three weeks, uh, it really helps us because thankfulness changes our perspective. In life, And that's one thing that really begins to happen is because it begins to show us that there are things that we can be thankful for. But sometimes it's just hard to see because life maybe happened, situations that happened in us. And so what scripture tries to get us to do is, is to reprogram or renew our minds so that we can see and learn how to be thankful in all circumstances, because we know that can be difficult and that can be hard. And maybe you've realized a perspective shift in your life before where there was a, a season in your life where maybe you never realized something and then you noticed one thing. And then all of a sudden, because you noticed that one thing, you started seeing it all over the place. Like, for instance, if you bought a car, all, you've never maybe even seen people driving that car before. But now that you drive, drive that car, you see everybody else like, oh, there's another car. Oh, that's the same color as mine. Here it is. I see it everywhere, right? It's because your brain begins to see it starts picking those things out. Or maybe you saw something, uh, maybe something like even on my shirt while I'm preaching one day and your wife or somebody was like, hey, look, you see that? And then that's all you can see, right? Because your mind like hyper locks into it. It's like, man, here it is. Uh, and that's the way our brains work. It's like if once our brain is triggered and we see something, it's like we start to pull that out over and over again. And we begin to hyperlock that. And God knows that because that's how God created us. And when he says what we focus on begins to take our attention, takes our heart, takes our minds. He's telling us that when we focus on thankfulness, it begins to change our perspective in life. And so the last couple of weeks we talked about we can always be thankful for who God is, his character. He is always good. If you're taking notes, I'd love for you to write this down. My response is thankfulness because God is good. It's his character. It's his nature. It's who he is. It doesn't change. It doesn't shift. No matter what happens, he is always 
good. And so for me, I can be thankful for his character. But also last week, we talked about the overflowing nature of thankfulness. And the way that we become overflowing with thankfulness is by receiving what Christ has done for us on the cross. And when he died on the cross for you and I, we we gave this huge list of everything that God gives us just by surrendering our life, placing our faith in Christ. And that when we dwell in that, uh, we realize that we receive that. And when we receive it, uh, we begin to overflow in thankfulness. And so today we're going to keep moving in these uh, circles, so to speak, of how can that overflowing thankfulness flow into other people in our lives, flow into the people who are around us as well. And to help us understand this, uh, we see this because I went on a quest this week. I said, okay, where are all the verses that tell me to be thankful to the people that are in my life, right? And begin to pull all of these out. And what I began to see was, is that there is so much of this modeled, especially all over the New Testament, how we see this. And we may not see an exact clear verse, but we see it modeled over and over and over again. And so where we really see this modeled over and over again is through a man named the Apostle Paul. And if you know anything about the Apostle, the Apostle Paul is uh, he was a Jewish religious leader who uh, persecuted Christians. And so he would go and hunt down Christians. He didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. And this new um, movement that was happening called the way he would go and chase down all of these Christians and try to throw them in prison. And he had all of this zeal, all of this fervor to make this happen. And, and really, we see him at the circle where Stephen was martyred. And so he was there giving approval to that and he was killing Christians trying to throw them uh, in prison and all of these different aspects and then he was headed to Damascus one day and God struck him down with a bright light and said why do you persecute me when he began to talk about the church Jesus said why do you persecute me you're persecuting the church you're persecuting me and he had a radical transformation where he surrendered his life to Christ and in fact he was blind for three days and then this man um, Ananias came and met him in the upper room where he was staying and the Holy Spirit kind of connected these two together but could you imagine being the early church trying to bring Paul into the church when he was first converted I mean he was chasing them down he was hunting them he was closing churches and and uh, having Christians killed and thrown into prison. And then they were like, okay, Paul's coming to church today. You're like, are you sure? Paul's coming? Like, is that a good idea? Should that happen? But then they began to see that his life was radically changed. And if God can change the Paul's life, he can change your life. He can change my life. And he took the apostle Paul and turned it and flipped his life upside down and gave him a new mission and a new purpose. And he went and planted churches all over the Middle East over and over again. And when he planted all of these churches all over the Middle East, we see that he went back and he began writing letters to them inspired by the Holy Spirit saying, these are the things that you need to do. Here's what the Lord has said. Here's what he wants you and I to do. And he wrote these to all the churches. And that's where we get the New Testament. The the Apostle Paul is writing through that. And then years later, they got together and said, hey, these are the original writings. Nothing else needs to be added to this. And so we get the New Testament. But I'm here to tell you, I say all of that so that we understand that out of the 13 letters that the Apostle Paul wrote, some say 14, depending on where you land with the book of Hebrews. But uh, the 13 letters that the Apostle Paul wrote, 11 of them, he starts off thanking the church. That he's writing to 11 of those. 
right? Over and over again. And I actually went through and, and double-checked that and read through each one and read through the thankfulness that he had. Only Galatians and Titus, he doesn't address that. And in Galatians, he kind of goes right in real hard because he's saying, hey, you need to get the gospel right. Some of people are preaching a false doctrine of gospel and you need to get this right. So he dives right in. But he starts them all with expressing gratitude saying thank you for the church. Thank you for uh, being a part of all of this. And so in 2 Thessalonians, this is one of them. But it's a snapshot of what he says to the church. And I think you and I can use it even as a model for us here today. So in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, we're going to read verses 3 and 4. Everybody still doing okay? Still good? All right. So verse 3, it says this. We ought always... To give thanks to God for you. He's talking about the church and, um, there that he's writing to. Brothers, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly and the love of every one of you, uh, of you for one another is increasing. Therefore, we ourselves boast about you in the churches of God for your steadfastness and faith in all your persecutions and in the afflictions that you are enduring. I love that. He says, always give thanks. Have you noticed that every time we see that word thankful in Scripture, uh, the majority of the time they attach always to it? Always be thankful. Always do this. Always do that. Because he's trying to uh, attune our hearts of saying, this is what God has called us to do. But what does he give God thanks for? He says, God, thank you for their church. Thank you for you. It's like me looking at you going, God, thank you for the Bridge Church. Thank you for what they are doing. And for you and I, if you're taking notes, we give thanks to God for those in our life. And I believe this is a great place to start. In our prayers, we begin to give thanks for the people that God has placed in our life. God, thank you for my kids. Thank you for my spouse. Thank you for the co-workers. If you want to get like super level, God, thank you for that co-worker who drives me crazy. God, thank you for uh, so-and-so. Thank you for my church family. Thank you for my small group. And we start off giving thanks to God. Because how many of you uh, know this? That uh, one of the things that we have learned so much and so often in church planning is, is that God brings the right people at the right time. Have you noticed that in your life where all of a sudden you'll meet someone and you're like, wow, I met them at this time and this particular moment. It's like God ordained it. God brought us together and we begin to give thanks for God, how God is organizing all of that in our lives. But then the Apostle Paul, he, he talks about something specific. And I think that's important. He says, because your faith is growing abundantly and the love of every one of you is increasing for one another. And so there's a list here of about six things all throughout the New Testament. I just want to read them to you here today. We're going to nerd out a little bit on the New Testament and the Apostle Paul. And he says this. Uh, and for Romans and the Ephesians and Colossians, First and Second Thessalonians and Philemon, he says he was thankful for their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He thanks them. For you and I, we may even think that's elementary, right? That, oh yeah, we're a Christian church. We've placed our faith. But Paul goes, thank you. Thank you for placing your faith in Christ. Thank you for being in this together. And then he says this uh, in the Ephesians, Colossians, First, First and Second Thessalonians, and Philemon. He says, he was thankful for their love for all the saints. And then he was thankful for their steadfastness especially in a trial. I mean, when's the last time I came up to someone and said, hey, thank you for being steadfast. 
Thank you for enduring. Thank you for keep moving forward, right? But this is what the Apostle Paul does. Um, He was thankful for their spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians. He was thankful for their partnership in the gospel in Philippians. He writes to them and he says, Your donations to me as I'm sharing the gospel and planting new churches, I am so thankful that you are a part of this too, that we're serving together. We're a part of the gospel that's going to endure forever. You're a part of this mission. And then lastly, he was thankful for their history and their mutual affection in 2 Timothy. And when, he, when you read 1 and 2 Timothy, you see the heart of the Apostle Paul. It talks about when they separated, how they had tears. They were so sad that they were leaving each other, right? And these are brothers and sisters in Christ. They're not biological, right? These are just, this is the church family, how they're coming together and they're saying, wow, thank you for this mutual affection. Thank you for this love. Thank you for being together in this. And for you and I, sometimes it can be hard to find Things to be thankful for, for the people that are around us. I think if we're honest, sometimes, right? It's hard to find those different things. And one of the things that we learned um, that God really had to uh, reveal to me is when we first started this church, uh, I came from a church that was, uh, we were very large. And so it's almost 2,000 people on a weekend. And it seemed like every Sunday they were baptizing like 30 people. And so uh, moving, we're starting fresh, just like we see a lot in the New Testament, starting fresh. Um, we began to look and go, what are the things that we're going to celebrate? What are we going to celebrate, right? We just got done celebrating 30 baptisms like every week. And, you know, and so many ex people, 100 people came to Christ on Easter. And so what do we celebrate? And the Holy Spirit really impressed in my heart of going, hey, you remember when you were a baby, right? So when you and I, when we were a baby, first learning how to walk and we took our first steps, right? And you kind of just really stumble and take two steps and fall. But as a parent, you're like, my baby is an athlete. Look at them. It's it's the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Everybody come look, right? And all they they literally just kind of stumbled forward. You're like, this is amazing. And I really feel like that's what God's like. Hey, as a church, you're the baby, right? Like you got to start somewhere. You got to start celebrating the, the small, what we feel are ordinary and maybe even what we feel is insignificant. He's saying, start there. Celebrate that, right? He says for genuine faith, because we see he doesn't give a ranking of where their faith is. And the Bible tells us a mustard seed of faith, right? That's all we need for God to use. And every one of us in our faith journey, we're in a different place. Some people have just given their life to Christ and they open the Bible for the first time. What we need to say is, wow, look at the Holy Spirit working in your life. You opened the Bible, you started reading it, right? Because then there's some of us in the room that read like whole books of the Bible in a week, right? But wherever we are in our walk with Christ, it's celebrating those moments. There's a leadership principle that we use a lot and I've seen it play out in a lot of different areas of my life. But what gets celebrated gets replicated, Right. So there's things that if we celebrate something in our life, my wife is so good and she's tuned into this because I'll go and take the trash out. You got to take the trash out. Right. If you don't, it just piles up. It gets stinky. But you take the trash out. So you pull it out. I risk my life going out in the pitch black dark and throw it in the trash can. Right. And I come back and she's like, hey, thank you for taking the trash out. And I'm like, you're welcome. You know, I'm the man of the house. That's right. I take, you know, like, but it just gave you this sense of like, wow, okay, that's awesome. But it was a small thing. But what she did is she gave me a gift. And I think that's what thankfulness is. Thankfulness is a gift that you and I can give to others. And it's a way that we can bless the people that are around us. And the apostle Paul, that's what he was doing. He was giving these churches 
a gift. He was saying, hey, I noticed this about you. Here's a gift. I'm so thankful that you're enduring. I'm so thankful that you're still a part of the gospel. I'm so thankful that you're part of the saints. And every time he wrote them the letter, can you imagine just being the church? Because they would take the, the letters and they would read it out. Hey, the apostle Paul wrote us a letter. Here it is. Here it is. And they stand up and they read it, right? And at the very beginning, they said, thank you for being steadfast. Thank you for being faithful. Sometimes he's writing from prison, right? But the church begins to receive that of going, wow, the Apostle Paul thinks that of our church, our little church, right? Like it just started here. And we see that happen and play out in our lives because something happens in your life and in my life when we receive thankfulness from somebody else. I believe the way that God has wired us, every single person, we want to be known. We want to be seen. And we want to be appreciated, right? We want people in our lives to see us. And if we were to reverse it and to flip it, if we want to work for someone who sees us and appreciates the work that we do, right? We, we want to be close to the people around us. And God begins to use that and work that. And um, I, I got a couple uh, studies here that uh, psychologists have done. And in this series, I brought in a few more of those studies because I was studying for this message. And I love to see how science backs up what God's already told us to do, right? It's like they observe and go, wow, okay, the commands of the Bible actually work. They actually uh, coincide even relationally. And so this is a fascinating result. They did this study. They took about 70 people and they, they said, oh, what I want you to do is I want you to send an email, just an email, not even speaking it face to face. I want you to send an email and you're going to ask for help on a particular project. But for half of the group, I just wanted to, they just wanted to be neutral. Just send the email out asking for help. Hey, this is what's going on. I need your help, blah, blah, blah. Can you help? And then the other half, I want you to start the letter telling them that you're thankful for something about them or something about their department. The results are fascinating. It's pretty incredible to see. Do you know that the first half that was just neutral, 32 of the people who received that email responded and said that they would help. But on the email that where they started with thankfulness, 66% of the people that received the email with thankfulness included responded, hey, I'll help. I want to be a part of that. I'll help you. What do you need? And that we just see that happen over and over again in a gift that you and I can give. I think about my kids, right? If they were to come back to me and say, Dad, thank you for doing that. Ooh, it does something in me, right? It stirs my soul. I'm like, okay, I want to do this again. I want to help you. Get, how can I help you out, buddy? Larry, here we go. Or if I have a mentor, I've had a few pastors, a mentor me in my life, and I know one of the greatest gifts I can give them is to go back to them and go, hey, thank you for telling me this. Here's how it's applying in my life. Here's how it's working in our church. Here, and so I'm giving them a gift. We can give people around us a gift, and it's free, right? We don't have to pay for it, but we can bless those who are around us. And we see even with science, it begins to happen. They also did a study um, with 4,000 people, 4,000, 40,000 people who were married. And they, they compiled this list of all the healthy marriages. And do you know the number one top thing that they found in common with the healthy marriages? There were a lot of different things. But the thing that rose to the top, the number one thing, was that they regularly expressed thankfulness for their spouse. It just it does something. It reprograms our 
mind, it gives us a new perspective on the people who are in our life, right? And it's we're picking out those little things as we look at that. And so for you and I, if you're looking for a place um, that you and I need to do, we see this happen because it can feel overwhelming. And if you were the enemy, if you were Satan, right? How would you want to distract God's people? You would want to make them cynical. You would make, want to make them, hey, ungrateful, right? Like selfish, like all of these different things. Right? You try to box them and you try to isolate. You want to divide, right? But thankfulness breaks through that. And first, I am thankful to God because he is good. He's changed my life. He's changed your life. This is amazing. And then as the church, we come together and say, wow, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for you. This is amazing. We're working together. I'm seeing how your faith is growing. Thank you for doing this. And God begins to stir that in us. And we see this happen because there's something that for you and I is that thankfulness must first be observed and then expressed. And we see this in 1 Thessalonians, right? Because he observes that they're growing in their faith. And he observes that, hey, you are loving each other. You're connecting with each other. And he does that. So not only does he observe it, but he also expresses it. He just doesn't keep it to himself, right? He doesn't go, wow, y'all guys are awesome, but I'm just going to tell God. I'm not going to tell you and walk away. But when he expressed it, it began to do something in them. We see, even see this in Luke chapter 17, if you're familiar with the story. If not, I'm going to tell you, uh, but you can go and check it out. But Jesus is on the way to Jerusalem, and he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee, and he comes across 10 people who have leprosy. And if you don't know what leprosy is, it's this skin disease, really, that is contagious. And so if you caught leprosy, you would be cast out from the city. And you couldn't get close to anyone. In fact, they deemed you as unclean. And a lot of times they would even say, you've done something bad against God, so you need to get out of here. You can't be close to anyone. And so they lived on the outskirts of the city in their own tents. And people wouldn't talk to them. They wouldn't visit them because they were fearful of getting leprosy as well. And it could be a fatal disease. And so they were worried about it. When Jesus came on the scene, though, so many times you see in Scripture how he healed those people who were outcasts, who were left alone, who thought they were alone. And Jesus, of course, he's Jesus. He's not scared of getting leprosy. He's praying over people. He's healing them. So what he does, he comes across 10 of them and he heals all 10 of these men who have leprosy. And of course, could you imagine having leprosy and getting healed and they turn away? They're excited, rightly so, that they were just healed. They can go back to their families. And he says, go to the priest because the Old Testament law is the, the priest would have to deem you as being cleansed. And now that you are cleansed, you can be back a part of the community. So he says, go see the priest. He's going to deem you as being cleansed. And so all 10 of them, they're excited. I'm sure they're crying. They just can't believe their life has changed. And they go running off to the priest. Well, one of them stops as they're running off and he slowly turns back and he goes back to Jesus and he falls at Jesus' feet and he says thank you thank you for healing me thank you I, I, this is this is so amazing and Jesus looks down at him and this is what Jesus says rise and go your way your faith has made you well Jesus connects his thankfulness to his faith Jesus says, you came back and you were thankful to me that I healed you. So that means, one, you believe that I did. And two, you come back to me because Jesus goes, where's the other nine? They all left. Wow, you came back. Look at your faith to give thanks back to me. And it's when he expressed 
his thankfulness back to God. It's when the heart of God moved. And when you and I express the thankfulness that we have in our lives for the people who are in our lives, it begins to change our perspective. It begins to stir our soul. It begins to stir our heart. And God uses it because we're giving someone a gift. And I think about just those little moments, uh, like, for instance, of me talking about my wife who said, oh, I, I, you know, thank you for taking out the trash. For me, I'm, I'm looking at the trash. I'm like, ooh, it better not get too full. I better take that out. Here we go, right? And then it's like, hey, thank you for taking out the trash because I was seen. I was noticed, right? And I would encourage all of us because there are many times in our life when we look at our coworkers or the people who are in our life, and I know, trust me, I'm a dad of four kids and the oldest is 12 years old. So I know there are many times where you're just like, ah, there's, I just don't, I don't see anything, right? All this and begin to weigh on it. But I believe we can go back to the model of Apostle Paul. And he says, one, we observe it, right? And I would say when you observe something small, because the enemy is going to go, no, you don't need to give thanks to someone for something they ought to do. You ever thought that before? Why do I need to give them things? They should be doing that. He should be, right? Like uh, all these things, right? But what God is saying, I want you to start back even for the small stuff. Start small right there because now I can give a gift to the people who are around me. I can give a gift to my teacher. I can give a gift to my coach. I can give a gift to my roommate. I can give a gift to whoever that may be, other students, spouse, whatever it may be. I can give them a gift. I can maybe say, oh, thank you for taking the trash out. Thank you for doing the dishes today. Thank you for uh, starting the car today. Thank you know, for starting the car for me. Thank you for uh, texting me today. Thank you know, All of these different things, whatever it may be, we're picking out. And I want to encourage us to start small and don't overlook what we think is insignificant right and that changes the way that we go to work because you imagine all of us heading off into work tomorrow going oh i got a bag of gifts here we go who am i going to give a gift to of thankfulness oh thank you for opening the door oh thank you for sending me that email to show me the report oh thank you for doing this right and all of a sudden we're looking because now my mind is not looking for the negative I'm observing and going, who can I give thanks to? Who's doing something? Just give me the smallest thing and let me just, here you go. Look, here's something I'm thankful for. Here's something I'm thankful for. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for doing that. And the Apostle Paul was specific, right? He just didn't go, hey, church, thank you for being awesome. Thank you for doing this. He said, I'm thankful that your faith is growing and I'm thankful of how you're loving one another. He called out what he observed. He says, hey, I noticed this. I saw this and I just want to commend you on it. In fact, it says, I I boast to other churches about how well you're doing this. Right. It's just something happens in us when we recognize and understand that and lean into it. God begins to stir our hearts and stir our souls. And I believe that God wants to use you and use me. And it will, it will transform the way that we think, the way that we see, the way that we view even the people in our lives. And God is saying, I want that to overflow first. We have to start thankfulness with God and allow that to overflow in our thankfulness for what he has done for us as a believer. And that overflows, right? I'm filled up first. I don't need them to fill me up. It's a plus, it's a bonus, but I'm filled up first from God. And then my thankfulness overflows to those who are around me. And it begins to change the composition of the atmosphere of those who we are next to, right? And we'll begin to see things begin to shift and change. Because think about it. Who do you want to work for? Somebody that sees you and appreciates you? Who do you want to serve with? 
Who do you want to be in a small group with? Who do you want to be in a church with? Right? All of these things. Who do you want to be in a household with? And it's people who appreciate, people who see us, right? And so we get the opportunity to go, I'm going to set the tone. I'm going to help create the culture of what this looks like. Because God shows us over and over in Scripture how this changes things in our lives. So I want to give you uh, two challenges or two encouragements uh, to lean into this week. I've been given homework this whole series. I'm having fun with it. You guys having fun with it? Um, you're like, no, Daniel, I don't like homework. I got out of school a long time ago. Uh, some of the college students in here, you already, you're bought into the homework. Two things that I would encourage you to do. One is, is to find one person in your life and physically write out a thank you letter to them. Just pick one person in your life. And, and I would encourage you, be specific, right? Here's what I am thankful to you about. And here's what I've noticed in your life. Here's what it is. And if you're a kid in the house and you write it to your parents, whoo, I'm telling you, it'll do something to their heart. It'll do something to their soul. And so just be careful with it. Just know God can use it, right? And I would say just, it could be anybody. It could be a coworker. It could be your spouse. It could be, your, it could be a parent writing it to their kid. Right. I mean, imagine you remember being 12. You remember walking through those days. You remember being a college student and receiving that letter of thankfulness. And, and because it's written out, you can read it. You can reread it. You can listen to it. All those different things. Right. So I would encourage you um, to just pick one person this week and write it out to them. And then also express gratitude to someone each day. This whole week. So every day I'm looking and I would say start small. And you're like, this is going to sound cheesy. It's going to be stupid. Like all these things. I would encourage you like push past all of that because God can use our thankfulness to change our perspective. But every day my mind is shifting from here's everything that has to get done to what can I be thankful for? And what can what are they doing that I can give them the gift of thankfulness? Thank you. Right. Because every time. I look at you and go, Owen, thank you for uh, taking up the chairs. He does that a lot. Thank you for taking up the chairs, right? I'm able to give that, but it able, enables us and it may feel small. But I promise you, it's not small to the person who's receiving it. It's a big deal. And it changes not only you, but it also changes them. And God can use a simple thing uh, to bless those who are around us. So I'm going to end this way, Jacob, and then we're going to come back up and sing a last song with us. And then we're going to eat some good food. Amen. But I just want to end. I really felt encouraged. I want to end the way the Apostle Paul does. The Apostle Paul comes and he writes all of these letters. And what he does is he models this to all of these churches. And so I wrote out a few paragraphs that I want to read to you because I want to give thanks for you. I thank God for you and for the gracious gifts he has given you that you've decided to share with each other. I'm thankful for your generosity as you just share life in general with each other. It's pretty amazing to see, to step back and go, wow, they're doing life together. They're doing life together. They're connecting with life together. I'm so thankful that I lost my place. I'm so thankful that you give through your serving, that many of you show up week in and week out when it's raining, when it's not raining, and you serve and you use your gifts and talents for the Lord, the God to work through you. I'm so thankful that you give generously financially. I mean, we had 40 Kappa kids here last week and they were gone within like 
two minutes. You guys walked back there and took them all. I remember when we first started, we didn't even have 40 people in our church. And now y'all are out there, you know, we can't even keep them on the tree. So thank you so much for your generosity. Thank you for caring about the word of God and coming to, the, coming to church each Sunday hungry for it. Thank you for praying for those who are lost in the low country and all over the world. Thank you for not being comfortable and wanting to grow in your faith. Thank you for loving my family and the families who come to the bridge. I, I'm, I feel like the Apostle Paul sometimes because I go visit family and friends. And I'm like, oh, you got to come to the bridge church. You got to meet these people. They're some of the greatest people on the planet. And if there is a hurting person, I'm like, you need to come to the bridge church. Because I know that our church family is going to come together and serve and love and care for as much as they can. That's a good song, too. But, but as we begin to think about that, but our thankfulness begins to change. And so just as the Apostle Paul began to model, I'm so thankful to be a part of the church of what God is doing. Because thankfulness begins to change our hearts and change our minds when we live with a moment of gratitude. And so as I close here today and just pray for us, I would encourage you because if I was there, we don't think about spiritual warfare and we don't think about how the enemy wants to stop you from being thankful, but he will, right? And he'll begin to highlight, see this happen, see this happen, see what they did, see what they said. But you and I, we combat that with the word of God. No, this is the truth. This is what God's word says. He says to be thankful always. He says, tell me to do this, right? So maybe I need to reset myself and I start with being thankful for who God is, thankful for what he's done for me as a believer. And then it helps reprogram my mind to go, okay, now I'm reset a little bit. How can I be thankful for you? How can I be thankful for what God's doing in me? And I truly believe that this could revolutionize the relationships that we have in our lives. And I want to read this quote as I end here. And this was the per- one of the scientists who observed this study that I told you about earlier. This is what they said as they uh, observed the study of gratitude. Gratitude expression. I love that. The expression of gratitude seems to be a unique kind of emotional experience that is very well suited for relationship building. I love that. The expression of gratitude. This is a scientist who's just stepping back, and they're just watching what's happening. They're going, wow, gratitude is this special kind of emotional connection that builds relationship, that builds community. And I believe that God wants to use it, and we see it over and over and over in Scripture. The gift of thankfulness. And we get to walk out of here in this place just being thankful, ready to give those gifts what God's called us to. So let's pray together and ask God to speak to you. Ask God to use us. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for your truth, God. Thank you that you have saved us, that you have changed us, that you've redeemed us, God. Thank you that you have done a mighty work in us. God, thank you for this church, the Bridge Church. Thank you for how you've softened the hearts of the people to love on those who are around us, God. Thank you for Uh, Just allowing us to grow in your word, grow in your truth, God. Thank you for the food that we're about to uh, partake in and and just the relationships that we are able to build around the table, God. I pray that you would stir us, stir our hearts, stir our souls, that you would bind the enemy in our lives who wants us to see everything, the mountains that are in front of us, the issues, the troubles, the struggles, God. But thank you for uh, the leaders and the people who attend this church. Thank you for their steadfastness, God. 
Thank you for their love for the gospel. Thank you for everything that you are doing. I pray that you stir our souls to not just hear this and receive it, God, but to practice it through expression. We love you. We praise you so much. We ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Let's stand and worship together. Thank you for tuning in to the Bridge Church Podcast. If you would like to find out more information about our church, you can simply visit our website at thebridgebluffton.com. Have a blessed day.